The Church of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut brings you this study in heavenly authority by Pastor Greg Scalzo in this edition of Shi'ar Jashub. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today my husband will be continuing the teaching on the wisdom of King Solomon. When we left off, Pastor was in 1 Kings chapter 3, where Solomon has gone to the tabernacle at Gibeon to sacrifice to the Lord. Before we return to the sermon, let me remind you to visit us on the web at www.shiarjashub.org. Here now is Pastor Greg Scalzo. The ark is not there, but God is honoring the fact that they're at the tabernacle, that they're at least at a correct place while the temple is underway at Jerusalem. At least there's a remnant here of the tabernacle. At least there's the bronze altar to make the sacrifices on. And so, in God's sight, it's a proper place at this point, and he answers Solomon in Solomon's dream by saying, ask, what shall I give you? But that one line up above, verse 3, that Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statutes of his father David, except that he sacrificed and burned incense at the high places, shows an inclination in youth, just like that contract with Pharaoh to marry his daughter shows a slight inclination in youth. Obviously, he's doing this to worship Yahweh. He's not going to these high places to worship pagan gods. Shows an inclination in youth that later on will blossom into full sin. When you read in 1 Kings chapter 11, like we did last week, verse 1, But Solomon loved many foreign women as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonians, and Hittites. Verse 4, for it was so when Solomon was old that his wives turned his heart after other gods and his heart was not loyal to the Lord his God as was the heart of his father David. For Solomon went after and names all the foreign gods. He goes after the Ashtoreths, the goddesses of the Sidonians, uh, after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. Verse 6, Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, on the hill that is east of Jerusalem, and for Moloch, the abomination of the people of Ammon. And he did likewise for all his foreign wives who burned incense and sacrificed to their gods. He started to go to a lot of high places. He made the high places. So what was an inclination in youth? David didn't just go to every high place and worship Yahweh. Uh, David probably knew from Samuel the importance of the tabernacle of Shiloh, the fact that there needs to be the one place. His heart was to build that one place in Jerusalem for God's name, for the resting place. Solomon is just like David. He may be wiser than David with the blessing God will give him, but he has this inclination to go to different places to worship Yahweh. And so it comes out 
that when he's old and his heart is turned from God, that now he builds high places to worship abomination and pagan gods. You got to be careful of a little inclination to sin, how it can be blown up, especially somebody in leadership, because a lot of times they're not corrected. If people are afraid to correct them, how it can be blown up into big sin later on. But at this point, they're at the tabernacle, and at least he's at the right place and God answers his prayer. You have to ask yourself one thing, though, about Solomon. We know in the past that men offered sacrifice in diverse places to the Lord. We talked about Noah and Abraham and Isaac, and we know that. But what is Solomon's focus? What is Solomon's purpose in life? What is Solomon's calling from birth? What is God's mission to Solomon? To build a temple, right? That's the purpose of Solomon. He knows it from when he's a baby. He's the one that's supposed to build the temple, the one place. And you have to ask yourself, if he knows his calling is to build the one place of worship, why does he even bother going to all the other high places? Gibeon, we can understand, the tabernacle is there. There is no temple yet. And God will honor him with, with the leaders at Gibeon. But why does he have this inclination to go to other high places when his whole calling in life is to build the one place? So it's not so insignificant that he has worshipped at these other high places. It's not insignificant because you have to remember the calling of the man and you then can see why it leads to big problems later on when he's old. But here is a young man of 20 or so, at least his heart's in the right place, and it's especially in the right place when it comes to authority. When it comes to his responsibility to the people, to the nation he's in charge of, he gives a tremendous prayer here, a tremendous answer when God says, ask, what shall I give you? And most people, if God was to say to them, what do you want? They would get a laundry list out, and they would start to say, well, I would like this, I would like that. And they would read a whole bunch of things they want, and I could guarantee you that the majority of what they would ask for would either be for themselves or for those close to them, their interests, their needs. Solomon, as a young man, shows forth a good sense of authority, his position as king, because his whole focus is on how do I take care of this people? Let's read the answer. Verse 6, And Solomon said, You have shown great mercy to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with you. So he understands why David is blessed. Because David walked before him in truth, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart. You have continued this great kindness for him. He understands the mercy of God. And you have given him a son to sit on his throne as it is this day. So he understands the source. He understands you're blessed when you walk uprightly before God. He knows. Verse 7, Now, O Yahweh, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father David. But I am a little child. I do not know how to go out or come in. I'm only 20, 21. I'm like a kid. I don't know even how to go out or come in, an expression used in that day for the things you had to do. As a king, how does he go out? 
How does he come in? How does he make decisions? He's a young fella. And he understands that. He knows, he recognizes that he has a lack. And he says, And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to judge this great people of yours? Give me an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? I can't do it, but you can do it. You have to help me to be able to understand, discern good and evil. That's part of wisdom. That's the most one of the most important things of wisdom. Not how many calculations you can do, not how many people you can manipulate, but can you discern between what's right and wrong, between good and evil? Can you have a heart of understanding to judge rightly and discern? This is Solomon's concern. Not self-seeking, not how his position before God will benefit him, but how he can be a benefit to his people. And even before he's gifted with wisdom, he has the prerequisite for the gift. What is the prerequisite? He understands he needs it. He understands that wisdom, godly wisdom, not worldly wisdom, is necessary. He understands that godly wisdom is crucial to his leadership, to be able to lead these people the way God wants them to go. That God's leaders cannot be unwise, cannot be stupid, cannot be frivolous. That God's leaders care for what's right or what's wrong. He has a prerequisite that he knows he needs wisdom. He knows he has a problem, he needs it. And number two, he has a prerequisite that he understands that wisdom only comes from God. Therefore, give your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. And 2 Chronicles in the sister passage, in 2 Chronicles chapter 1 and verse 10, he says, Now give me wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before this people. For who can judge this great people of yours? This is a great nation. You want it to go a certain way. I need wisdom. I need knowledge. I need understanding. I need discernment. And it says uh, back in 1 Kings chapter 3, in verse 10, the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. God is pleased. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked long life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice, understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart, so that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. And I have also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. To discern justice. He gives them an understanding, a wise heart, 
so that he can discern justice. Fairness and justice is necessary for a leader. A leader cannot be short-sighted. A leader cannot be prejudiced. Some things are hard to understand, and the leader needs a fullness of depth to be fair, to be just, and to discern, to understand what to do. He must have great discerning skills, a fair heart, and a just spirit. All these things are contained in this section, right? You have asked for understanding to discern justice. I have given you a wise and understanding heart. These are prerequisites for heavenly authority. There is no place for, for prejudice. There is no place for a person being myopic in leadership. There has to be that hunger for the leader to desire the wisdom that comes from God, to discern, to understand, to rightly divide, to know good from evil, to have knowledge and wisdom to guide the people in God's path. A wise and understanding heart. No one else in mankind before him or after him would be like Solomon, save one. One that really had a different father. One that was like us, but really wasn't one of us because he was son of man, but he was also son of God. And so consider the condemnation upon the people that heard his words when one greater than Solomon was right there with them. You can find more Bible study programs on the Shi'ar Jeshub website at www.shi'arjeshub.org. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B dot O-R-G. You'll also find commentaries written by Pastor Greg. Service times and directions are also on the site. Please join us next time. And may the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve him.